Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce. So glad to be with you. Uh, glad you're joining us. Hope, hopefully you have been listening to these programs. I'm doing a whole series on a pro chart presentation that I did way back, started this chart presentation way back in, in 1987-88. And uh, probably it's become the mainstay of what I'm teaching uh, to this day, although I've certainly developed it quite a bit. Because it is the journey by which we as Christians take in understanding the fullness of our full inheritance in Christ, understanding it and moving in and possessing our possessions. I love that little phrase. It's in Obadiah. It says, possess your possessions. So we're not, I'm not saying to you that this is something that you don't already have. You do have this. It's already yours in Christ, but you can live with this undiscovered for the rest of your life and you you will not really know the victory that's promised to you and the rest the promised sabbath rest that's promised to christians you will not know it nor understand it unless you do follow these this this same road because this is the road to liberation our liberation in christ and i always say i'm not teaching license and i'm not teaching legalism i'm teaching liberation in christ and like Galatians 5, 1 says, stand fast in that in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. Now, we're moving on into this chart presentation, What is Man? And I'm on chart 47. And you can look uh, on the internet in cross.tv or spiritbroadcasting.net and you will see the sum total of all of these chart presentations. You might want to go from the first one all the way to the end. Uh, I always say if anybody takes just part of what I'm saying out, out of what I'm teaching, you know, you can always make up what you want to make up if you just take part of it. Uh, I would encourage you to hear the whole thing. And uh, basically, if you don't have time to go through these, how many, 20 programs, however many programs it is, uh, write me and I'll send you some material, written material, where all of this is in written form. So um, the, ch the chart I'm on right now is the chart 47, self-acceptance. I think this is one of the hardest things for us to reach is our self-acceptance. Self-acceptance, our self-appreciation, doesn't come unless we first not, not appreciate ourselves we first, in Romans 7, have to go through a period of time where we don't appreciate ourselves. We pretty much hate ourselves because we're not living the life we should or it, we're not manifesting the fruits of the Spirit. So, so self-appreciation can only come because you've come through the cross and you know who you really are. You've taken up your cross uh, and you, you've seen the fullness of the gospel, which the cross 
is the means for that fullness to come inside of us, which is Christ's own life resurrected inside of the human me. Well, I cannot be have self-acceptance if I until I really know that it's the life of Christ within me manifesting the fruits of the Spirit through me. And boy, does that feel good. <laughs> now, if you want to go by feelings, it certainly does. It certainly blesses us. It blesses our, it, it changes our countenance. It changes the way we feel. It changes the way we look at other people. It changes the way we see other people. It changes the way we feel about ourselves. And before you can know it, before you know it, I mean, you're, you're in self-appreciation and um, instead of self-depreciation. So we're in self-appreciation. We appreciate our human vessel, that this human vessel is used by the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. So we can start accepting ourselves and accepting our vesselhood as, as uh, meant to be weakness. We're not trying to fight our vessel to make ourselves strong because we accept the fact that we're meant to be weak vessels, but we, and you accept that, it's normal to us now because uh, we're not trying to change that. We're trying, we just accept it. And this chart says, uh, chart 47 says, I now can accept myself as a right human self. We have right weaknesses. And that's in 2 Corinthians 12 and 13. We're going to turn to that in a minute. The power of the positive is in the negative. Um, so uh, uh, we glory in our in our negative uh, temptations. Now that's what Paul is saying in Second Corinthians chapter twelve and thirteen. He says, "I glory in my infirmities, even when I have thorns in the flesh. I'm I glory in that. I'm not trying to get rid of it or trying not to suffer. I I, I know that that's the part of that I will play as an intercessor in this life. I've offered my body as a living sacrifice and there will be sufferings. And uh, so the negative is only um, the opposite end of a bigger positive. So if you accept the neg negative feelings that you have as, as a human, you see, as the negative side of a bigger positive, you can know how the two can be joined together as one. And I always say the power of the negative, it's like a slingshot. The tension and power of the negative, when we let it go to God and we trust Him, it's, God uses that negative as the thrust that will thrust forth and bring forth a greater positive. Everything operates and manifests through, through opposites, through one opposite swallowing up the other opposite. We started this chart presentation with a blank piece of paper, which I said was the polar bear in the snowstorm, which you can't know anything without opposites. So we can't really fully appreciate the fullness of how God is going to manifest through us without the negative pulls. So I say our negative pulls is like the like a child's slingshot. You pull back the elastic in the slingshot and uh, because you have a stone in it, and then when you let go, what is the letting go of it? The letting go of it is when we say, you know, I'm just going to let God. I can't handle this temptation. I, I don't know what to do with this tension. I'm just giving it to God as a simple child, childlike faith. And when you do that, God will use the very negative that you, you're, you're in to thrust forth a bigger positive. 
That's how we know that all things work together for good. All negative things and all positive things all work together for our good. So we've got to get used to the negative and get used to feeling the negative and knowing that that negative is not who I am, it's how I feel. But then God will use that as I trust him to swallow up that 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 negative and bring forth a great positive. That's why all things, all negative, all positive are both work together. They don't work against each other. They work together to bring forth a very positive and wonderful reality of the Holy Spirit. That's how he works is through. That's how he does his work. And uh, that's why Romans 8 is the great victory chapter. And all things will work together. All your negatives will work together with the positive and God will bring forth a greater positive than your negative could even dream of. Let's say, so the negative are necessary and are the opportunities for faith. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was pulled in such tension that um, uh, he sweat drops of blood. But that very tension was his opportunity to believe God, which he did. He said, the cup that my father has given me, shall I not drink it? He didn't even say it was the devil's cup. He said, my father has given me this cup. Yeah, well, the devil put him on the cross. That's right. It was Judas and Pontius Pilate and uh, uh, Caiaphas. You know, they all put him on the cross. Through uh, The devil did the work, but no. The power really could not be independent power. Because uh, we know that uh, in John, when, uh, Pil- when Pilate said to Jesus, Don't you know, Jesus, I have power to crucify you. And uh, I have power to release you if I wanted to. I can do what I want to do. And Jesus says, oh, no, you have no power except what's given to you from above. So even all the negative power that Satan has is not independent from God's purposes. So Satan has no independent power of his own. And so and God used that negative uh, time in Gethsemane. And the victory came out of it. He went. He walked to the cross as a victor, as a, a victorious king. Even the uh, thief that was on the uh, other side of him said, uh, "Can I come into your kingdom?" So he must have known he he was a king. He didn't go there a victim. He was victorious as he went to his cross. He was not a victim. He was a he was a victorious king, sacrificing his life for us. And so, I am created to be a perfect nothing containing and expressing the perfect all. That's what perfection is as far as I'm concerned. We know that we're empty of ourselves, that there is no independent self, that the human self in me is a simple vessel, branch, uh, temple, you know, that holds the Holy Spirit, and He is my life. And So I'm a perfect nothing in and of myself. But I'm a self, and I'm a human self, and I still have all my faculties as as a human being. But it's available for the Holy Spirit to operate through. And he he expresses his perfection through my nothingness, really. His allness through my nothingness. So what happens to our consciousness once we totally accept ourselves as uh, in our weakness? And Paul says, when I'm weak... Then I'm strong in my uh, weakness. Christ uh, per, uh, strength is made perfect in weakness. So weakness is meant to be there. And he says, that's what I glory in. I glory in my weakness. But yet, 
when I am weak, then I am strong. So he's not saying when I separate from Christ is weak and then he is strong. It's not even saying that. It's saying when I am weak, I am strong. So there's just one eye there feeling weakness. But out of that weakness comes the strength of the spirit. That's, that's what he means by that. So what changes in us that our mind changes because we might, we move from the mind of the flesh that sees everything in separation and strives to to become something. We move from that to a unified seeing, just like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, if thy eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. So we come, come, we see through our evil circumstances to God only. And that's the name of this chart, chart 48. God only. From negative double seeing to seeing God, one power in the universe. I love that. There's only one power in the whole universe. There's only one independent being in the whole universe, one independent person in the whole universe, and that's God Almighty. He doesn't depend on any. He's independent from all. He is what he is. He's self-existent. But there's only one power in the whole universe. That's why, uh, just like I said earlier, that Jesus... Um, said to Pilate, you don't have any power except what's given to you from above. There's only one power, one sovereign power in the whole universe. And so we can then see through every evil thing that happens to us, everything that disturbs us, every negative thing that disturbs us, and see through it. Now, we don't call the thing God. We, we know it's the devil after us, or we know that we it's our human reactions against what we're feeling and thinking. So we're not calling the thing that's happened to us God, but we're looking through it to see God's eternal purposes. Now that's the single eye of faith. That's the single eye. If thy eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. It says that. That's the first verse that we're going to look at in Matthew 6, 22. And then it says, if thy if thy if the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Because if the eye be evil, you have a, a evil eye. Well, what's the evil eye? The evil eye is double thinking, is double mindedness, never just seeing what's happening to us and living in the reality of what's happening to us and never seeing through to what God means to bring out of it, you see. And so then Zephaniah three fifteen says, Thou shalt see evil. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. It says the king of uh, the universe will come in you and you will not see evil anymore. Well, does that mean that God can't see evil? Well, a lot of people say that, um, you know, God is so holy he can't see evil. Well, it's true. There, that, that is true. He doesn't participate in the evil by concentrating on it. That is true. But if he didn't see evil, he wouldn't have ever sent his son to die for our sins because... So God certainly does see the evil, but he sends the remedy, which is his own son. He had to see the evil in Adam and Eve and uh, throughout all of history, or he couldn't have um, sent the remedy. So, but in the sense of him participating, no, he cannot participate in the evil. He does not because that's Satan's realm and he, he, he is light. He cannot participate with the darkness of Satan, with Satan's darkness. So in that sense, he cannot see it. So we now as spirit people can see through any of Satan's doings and we can see through it and we can see God's eternal purposes and God behind it 
God, so therefore we can live in praise. So everything, that's why the Bible says, in all things give thanks, because this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks for all things. How can you do that? You can't do that unless you're seeing through the evil thing that's happened to you and saying, I don't understand it. I'm not going to try to figure it out right now. I'm not even going to fight Satan over this. I'm not going to fight my reactions. All I know is I'm just going to say, I'm going to thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Somehow you have all this in your sovereign plan for my life, and it's going to work together for my good. So I thank you, and I praise you. That's seeing God. That's seeing through evil, and that's praising him. And you know what? When, as you mature, you will be more in praise than you will be in fighting the evil. You'll, you'll see, you will, it will turn, your consciousness will change from fighting evil and striving against it to knowing that it's an opportunity of faith and it will be an adventure of faith to you. I promise you, it, 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 it begins to be an adventure of faith. I've, when this started happening to me, um, Bad things were still happening to my children. And when they did, strangely enough, I would say, well, thank you, Lord, that this is happening. I mean, really tragic things happening to my children. And somehow, I mean, the Holy Spirit in me would say, thank you. And yes, it would make me feel bad. It would. But I was living in spirit so true to, and he is so true to me that I actually... It was an adventure of faith. I said, oh my goodness, this is an opportunity for you to do a great thing in my children's life. And I have continued to be that way. And people look at me strangely like, did you come from another planet? But yet, no, this is the mind, this is the mind of the spirit. This is the, the wisdom of God. This is what the Bible tells us is the primary thing. When you can finally move in to know the wisdom of God, the mind of the spirit, you will see that God if God orchestrated the worst event in all of history and meant for Satan to put Jesus on the cross and meant for Jesus to die the horrible death that he did, then God will mean every evil that has ever come inside in your life. He means it because it really is an, uh, an opportunity for, and ha that will have a redemptive purpose and will work together for your good. So... We see through evil to God and his eternal plan behind it. And we have to do that by faith. I don't deny the evil, but we see that God means evil and utilizes it for his redemptive purposes. God's, the devil's cross is God's gain. So any cross that God plans for your life is, is does not just belong to the, the Lord's, uh, the devil's defeat. You're not defeated. You're, you can never be defeated. So nothing that ever happens to you, you can never say, well, I'm just defeated. This is the end. This has done me in. No, it's an opportunity for you to really understand the spirit war, warfare, which is not with flesh and blood and not against our flesh, but it's against satanic thoughts and feelings that he projects on us. And we will know that that's not who I am. That's what I feel. But it's not who I am. And I live in the spirit truth. And he is my victory. I can remember when a hard thing happened to me. And um, I just could not forgive the person that had done some bad things against me. And said a bunch of bad things against me. And hated me, actually. And I could not forgive. And finally, I struggled and struggled with it. And finally, I said to the Lord, 
but I can't forgive. And he said, of course not, Sylvia, but I, did you forget I am your forgiveness? And I said, oh, good, I can take that by faith. You are my forgiveness. Therefore, by faith, I say I do forgive. And as I did, I... I, I even forgot all the things that was done against me, all the things that was said against me. I forgot it all. And I used it as an opportunity for Jesus to come forth in a greater way in me. So, and in the circumstances. And I certainly don't hold anything against me. So I've learned from then on not to hold anything uh, against me. There's nothing can be against me. It will all work together for my good. So I can never say that even Satan's again. Let him come against me. Let him come. I always say, come on, make my day. I'm like, uh, 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 what's his name? The actor. Come on, make my day, Satan. But uh, will he have any power in me? No, he will not have any power in me. Because I'll take the very negative, give it to God, and he will change it into a greater positive. And every, that's what he does over and over and over again. So even the devil's cross is God's gains. Once we know this, we can move on into what it means to be a father. Now, uh, a father in the spirit and a mother in the spirit. Because we're operating from the mind of Christ, from the wisdom of God. And not from our own fleshly thinking or not from our own victim mentality why is this happening to me we're moving into fatherhood and we certainly can impart that to others the fathers reproduce themselves so 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 can we and how do we do that well uh because we know that everything that comes against us is only an opportunity for the holy spirit to move out in a greater way in greater redemptive purposes so we marvel at those things and we praise the Lord for those things and we have the single eye of faith that sees through everything the joy that was set before us we endure our crosses just like Jesus did so we don't moan and groan and complain and and be victims we're victorious in everything and because Jesus causes us to be victorious in everything. That's really what 2 Corinthians is about. I'm going to do a whole series on 2 Corinthians. I think it's very important for us to understand the truths of 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to go into those depths. But but uh, chart number 49 is apostles. What it means to be an apostle. I think we're pretty uh, confused about the meaning of an apostle. And I think that's, I know that's described in First. Corinthians chapter 4, 9 through 15. And um, uh, it says, it, and I think we better just read that. Let me just read that in um, 1 Corinthians 4, 9 through uh, 15. And I'm right here. Okay, let me read it. I think that God set forth us, the apostles, last as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men, even redeemed men. That's why people misunderstood Paul. That's why uh, there were false apostles that came to, the, to Corinth saying that Paul couldn't be a great, he couldn't be your father, he couldn't be an apostle because look at him, he was so weak. His voice was not even clear at times and, and he was weak and uh, he did, he, and, and we are powerful. We can do all these great wonders. Look how we can manifest 
the Holy Spirit and look how we look what we can do and you see but these were false apostles and uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that they disguised themselves as angels of light and false apostles do disguise themselves as angel of light and they show off the power that and it could be it could be coming from a satanic source so Paul is saying let me tell you what a real apostle is really like for we're, uh, we come forth as last, appointed unto death. In other words, we have plenty of crosses. We have plenty of things happen to us outwardly. We have plenty of tensions on the inside. That's what Second Corinthians is talking about. We have, um, but we're always delivered uh, for Jesus' sake. We're always delivered because God always brings us through because we're always living in praise. It doesn't matter what happens to us. We live keeping our eye on Jesus and not on our circumstances. But most people don't understand us. And then Paul's being a little facetious there because he says, for we are fools for Christ's sake, but you're wise. In other words, you think you're wise and we look like fools. We are weak, but you're strong. You come across like you're strong and powerful and we're, we're weak at times. And you are, uh, you're honorable. Everybody touts you as being, uh, and gives you great accolades that you're great and powerful. But, and we're, but we're despised. The true apostle, a lot of times, will be despised. Even into this present hour, we hunger and thirst, are naked and buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place. Instead of having great castles and great uh, properties, uh, like a lot of apostles say, that's what apostles deserve. He said, I don't even have a, a dwelling place to, to stay in. I labor working with my own hands. In other words, I'm not just receiving all the benefits of being a an apostle. I, I work with my own hands, being reviled. We bless. In other words, we have people coming against us day and night, but we bless them anyway. Being persecuted, we suffer it, and we see Christ behind it all and we bless the people that persecute us and um, being defamed and we don't even have a good reputation we entreat we are made as the filth of the world and are the off scouring of all things unto this day i write not these things to shame you but as we as my beloved sons i warn you for there are ten thousand instructors in christ yet had ye not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Don't you know I'm your father? So this is the fatherhood level, the apostle level. Now let me read to you what I've said in this chart. The first one is uh, Philippians 3.10, knowing the power of his resurrection and knowing the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. I love that verse. It's in Philippians chapter 3, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. That means the power of his resurrection life inside me. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website, 
The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.